Hallelujah. Uh, sure, just over by that plug-in over there would be great. I got this. No, no, don't plug it in yet. Don't plug it in yet. How are you this morning? Don't fall off your chair. David almost fell out of sorts when he came in and saw me in this outfit. I thought I'd shock all of you just before the new year. The one thing I've learned about going to meetings and hearing the word was what condition was my heart in when I heard what was said? Was it stony ground, shallow ground, weeds, or good soil? It's very important to hear the word with a heart of expectation and good soil because the seed will go in and it will bring forth according to its own kind. So we don't just hear, we hear with a heart condition and it depends on the heart condition as to whether or not the word's going to be effective in your life. So I just want to mention that to you today because I, I've learned over time, you know, uh, there are things that I have heard that I didn't agree with that eventually was right. <laughs> Believe it or not. That's not a Ripley's. I guess you're not old enough to understand that joke. <clears throat> I've been reflecting over the last year. I always do this every year. <clears throat> Assessing what I learned, what I had to undo, what I had to change, and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> And last night I was just in the scriptures reading a particular passage of scripture. And uh, it's amazing what the word will do in your life. It will turn you inside out. It'll create in you such a hunger for more of God that you could never ever imagine his word is powerful, it is sharp, and it's alive. And I got this little pot up here to illustrate a biblical truth. It says in the Gospels, it says, without me you can do nothing. Now, this pot's got water in it. It's designed to function and produce something. But without being connected to the power that gives it the ability to do what it's designed to do, it can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. So we could sit here until next year, and this pot will still be here. The water will probably be very stale, and nothing would have happened. 
But if I plugged it into the source of its supply, the source of supply has released this vessel to produce and to do what it should do. I have to turn it on, I guess, do I? Thank you. You can tell how much cooking I do. So, if I took it off of its source, it won't finish what it was designed to do. It actually has to stay connected until its function of what it's designed to do is completed. So if you're looking for a hot cup of tea, if you don't plug into the source, you won't have a cup of tea. Because tea doesn't even taste good. It won't even marinate properly in cold water. Which basically becomes the fruit of the product. What it can be used for. So it's not just the design to boil the water, but it is designed so that there can be a participation of what it produced. The on-off switch is something that I had to do. The power was available, but until I actually said, okay, nothing's going to happen. So now we have the vessel actually producing what it's going to produce. It's going to produce hot water so you can... Make soup or you know whatever instant soup or instant this or coffee or tea or hot chocolate, which actually is quite enjoyable. So think of this: the source makes what the vessel is designed to do enjoyable. Without me, you can do nothing. But through me, you can do all things. All things. You know, I I was discussing healing with some people who are just kind of coming into it. And, and it's amaze, I'm amazed that people who say, I say, do you believe that the, the total Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, by God and man? Yes, we do. But they deny the truth. They believe that God inspired and wrote it, but they don't believe it as being the will of God. Somehow, 
we have to decide whether it's the will of God. So it's kind of a dilemma, and I'm, I'm going to just use this illustration for a moment. Because if you're plugged into the source, if you're plugged into the source, who's the Holy Spirit, he's the power that makes the word work. If you're plugged into the source, but you don't believe the word, it's like that switch down there. It's not going to work. Well, we don't know if it's the will of God for them, them to be healed. So I asked him a question. I said, so who, decide what is, who decides what is the will of God? Your experience, your failure, your success, or the Bible? I said, is it God's will for everybody to be saved? He said, yes. I said, is everybody saved? No. But we don't ever question that salvation is for everybody. And sometimes we contradict ourselves. We believe an entire plenary verbal inspiration of Scripture, but we deny the truth. And when you deny the truth, it's just like not turning that switch on. The power is not going to flow. But there's a... There's a truth that I think defies all human reason. There's a place that defies all human failure... Defies all human reason. And that's in the secret place. I want to share a little bit with you this morning about the passion for the secret place. Psalm 90, 1 verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It doesn't say under the shadow of man's ideas. It doesn't say under the shadow of man's experience. It doesn't say under the shadow of man's success. It doesn't say under the shadow of man's failures. No, under the shadow of God Almighty. It's a secret place. Do you know, if you have a secret, the moment you tell one person, it's not a secret no more. Jesus said in John 17, verse 23, I in them and thou in me, that they may be perfect in one. That is a divine expectation that Jesus being in the Father and the Father being in the Son and the Son being in us unites us as one. And in that unity, we have the Father who actually told the Son what to say and the Son said it and we have it here. And when we accept Christ as our Savior, we become one because we agreed with the Scriptures. 
you actually turned the switch on. And the Bible says, he that abideth. Stop there for a moment. It's a choice. He that abideth. And I I read this last night and I went to bed. And all night, I had a visitation. Just abiding in his presence. I was asleep, but I was conscious. This morning during worship time, the Lord showed me through his eyes how he saw you. He didn't see you as those being defeated. Because defeat is not in his vision. He didn't see you as being second rate. He didn't see you as being poor. And as he saw you, he was desperately drawing you to himself. I don't know if you've ever experienced the drawing of the Lord. But it's powerful. He that dwelleth. He who decides that I am going to go and I'm going to live in the secret place of the Most High God. Let me, let me explain to you the condition of where that, not where it is, but the condition of what it is. Or let me put it this way, the condition of who it is. We think God as being some abstract person somewhere who doesn't relate to us in our practical life, but that's not true. God relates to us in every area of our life. The, 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 the position of the secret place is the position of authority, authoritative faith. It's the position of authoritative faith. And I'll tell you why. Because in the first two verses of this chapter, the psalmist uses four names of God in the description of the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, Elion. The highest above all. Remember the scripture says that the Holy Spirit took Jesus and put him above all principalities and powers in the book of Ephesians. That's the secret place. It's the place that is above all other powers. 
That's why it's the position of authority. And when you dwell there, you function under the position of authority and you function out of the position of authority. You function out of the position of Let me put it this way. You don't function under the position of inferiority. Because of Elion. He's the highest. He is above every demon. He is above every sickness. He is above every failure. He's above every disappointment. He is higher than all. And the secret place, when you live in the secret place, that name begins to activate through your life. Remember last time when I shared how Joshua, after they conquered all those kings, he called the men and he says, come and put your foot on their neck. And the men came and they put their foot on the neck. He was still alive. But the men had the authority because the king conquered that king. Do you ever watch the animal world sometime? <clears throat> Mom goes out and maims an animal. And then lets the little ones practice killing it. It's kind of the same thing. They, they play with it and they're learning how. They're learning how to provide for themselves. Watch this cat out in Daniel and David's yard there this summer after the leaves fell down. He caught a mouse. Do you think he'd kill it? He played with that thing for a long time. And it would run and hide under a big leaf and the cat would look around and all The cat knew he had power over the mouse. And the mouse knew the cat had power over the mouse. And uh, Paul says in Romans that he will give you the ability to stomp on the enemy's head. What he's saying is, hey, the king has conquered him. You can come now and put your foot on his neck. He didn't rule you no more. Because the most high, he rules. He rules. Another name that he used, the Almighty, Shaddai, which means the most powerful. When you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, the most powerful flows through you. When you make the 
secret place you're dwelling, you're plugged in. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. You abide in me and I abide in you and you will bear much fruit. See, God doesn't see us the way we see ourselves because he can't see us that way because he's not a defeatist. He doesn't think of being defeated. And if you dwell there, you begin to think like him. See, that's why questioning the word is really bad. Because you're questioning the most high and the most powerful and what he said. And when you question the word, you don't turn the switch on. Well, we're half done four points out of five or seven. Actually, this is the third sub-point now I'm coming to. Psalm 91, verse 2, the Lord, Jehovah, the existing one, the one who always was and always will and always will be. He's always the same. He who was and is to come, but he also is the one who is now, is the same. So we dwell in the place of a consistent God who never changes his mind and never changes his covenant nor denies his covenant nor allows us or wants us to actually deny his covenant and deny his truth. And I wouldn't give you two cents. I won't say it. It's my pet peeve. I'll keep it there. Jehovah, the existing one. These are the names he uses to describe the God of the sacred place. Elohim, the ruler and the judge. When we dwell in the secret place, his rulership flows through us. His judgment calls flow through us, according to scripture. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The secret place said it. Those are words of rulership. Those are words of authority. So when we function in the kingdom, we must never ever function from a humanity point of view. We must function out of the holy of holies. We must function out of the seat in the holy place. And to him that believes, all things are possible. You know, I used to cry over spilt milk a lot. 
because there was a lot of spilt milk. And I'm glad it got spilt because if it sat in a jar, it would go sour. But spilt milk, you can wipe it up and throw it away if you choose to. And people who dwell in the most holy, they don't have time for spilt milk. There, no, there is no woe is me in the most secret place. There is no woe. No, no. Get over it. Turn the switch on. Let the power flow through your life. Read the word and obey it. And you know what? You will experience the most holy place. We're just wimpy Christians. When things are going good, it's whoop de doo When things are going bad, it's hoo-hoo-hoo. I kind of like that. We look at our deficiencies. We look at our deficiencies. We allow our deficiencies to control our thinking. We allow our deficiencies or what's happening to us to actually control our feelings and our whole life and puts us under a bondage and a prison. You're not living in the secret place. Because the passion of the secret place is greater than any other passion in this world. I have yet to see someone who lived in the, dwelt in the secret place ever think of going back into the world or actually even condoning anything that would be sin. We don't live in a secondary, poor, poverty-stricken kingdom. We don't live in a kingdom where there is nothing but despair, disappointment, discouragement that rules. His kingdom is not that of that nature. His kingdom is of the nature of who he is. The ruler and the judge. You know, there are some things that you have to let God judge. You got to let it go. Well, they ticked me off. Get into the, get into the secret place. Well, they ripped me off. Get into the secret place. In Vietnam, I was talking to, we were talking to the pastor. He had been in prison for two and a half years. And he said they had one bowl of, small bowl of rice every day and a small bowl of water, and they had hard labor. And he says his body just shook for food and water. And I said, so what? How did you make it through? He says, I spoke in tongues. Now you try and tell him that tongues is not for today. 
I didn't have no Bible. All I had is my divine communication with God Almighty. I said, so what does tongues mean to you? He says, it's life and it's power. And we sit here in North America with issues. I got to thinking how stupid we really are. Now just get thrown in prison for a while and put in that condition and see what you do. Well, we got everything figured out. No, you don't. We got nothing figured out in this country except laws that are changing to immorality. The people who helped liberate him from prison were the voice of the martyrs. I thought at the beginning that the voice of the martyr was just another program somebody's making money with until I heard his testimony. I'm just being blunt and honest with you. Because there's so many gimmicks out there that people just grab onto something to do something with. But he said, the voice of the martyr. How come? Because he rules. He rules. I said, how did you survive? I just spoke in tongues. Every time I asked him that question, I just spoke in tongues. And we cry over some little stupid thing that we have all the power to turn the switch on and get over it. North America has produced a bunch of wimpy Christians who expect everything to be just perfect and right and never wrong. You know what? They're all disappointed. It's not my obligation to keep you happy. It's not my obligation obligation to keep you alive. He that dwelleth in the secret place. shall abide under the shadow of the most powerful. The position authoritative faith A was just believing in who God really is. That's the four names. That's A. B is believing what God has spoken. Let's read the passage and see what he said.
He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress. I will say of Jehovah, the existing one, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, Elohim, the ruler and the judge, in him I trust. You see, when you don't believe the word, you don't trust God. When you compromise truth, you turn the switch off. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler. And from the noisy pestilence, he will do it. And that's the benefit of he that dwelleth. He shall cover me with his feathers. And under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. I will not be afraid for terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Nor from the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that watcheth at the noonday. A thousand will fall at my side, and ten thousand at my right side. How is that all possible? Dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God. You know, I treasure my inheritance. preacher named Les Pritchard he believed in such a complete work of the cross you never ever walk in failure Sorry. I know he's watching me. <laughs> but these men laid a foundation in my life. listen to their preaching Pastor David you might want to listen to him sometime he's www.lastpritchard.com 
He was a man that had a passion to see everybody healed that he ever prayed for. And he would say to us young guys, you will go further than I have. And he spoke at World Map Camp in the state of Washington. He went to Japan for several years. They called him Mr. Pentecost there, bringing the people into Pentecost. And he shared about a story one time when he was in Japan. They took him to this little place to have a rest and so on. And, and I guess he was sitting outside and enjoying the sun and didn't realize that the sun is hotter in Japan than it is in America. And he got sunburned. He says, I got angry at God. And he said, God, why did you let this happen to me? How come you didn't, the Holy Spirit didn't tell me to get? <clears throat> and so God gave him a vision about the nation of Israel in the wilderness. And he took a chair and he sat in the chair. And he says, God showed me a vision of this man and his family under the shadow of the glory cloud enjoying life and the cloud moved the man says I'm not going anywhere we just set up tent here I'm not going and it's amazing because the Lord used the heat that he just experienced to show him a, an illustration of truth and He said he saw the man and it got hot. The sun was burning him up. He's asking his wife for water. There is no water. There is no food. The camp's gone. It's moved on. He says finally the guy actually had to pull up camp and follow the cloud you know what that means to me every time I see a cloud I'm there wherever God is moving I go because I don't want to be left where I am and the Lord said to him read Psalm 91 you want to see more healings? Read Psalm 91. <clears throat> and for me, as I assessed my life this last year, it's exciting what we've grown in, but it's just the beginning of more. And so last night, I said, Lord, I don't know what it means to dwell in the home. What does it mean to dwell in the secret place? How do I get there? What do I do? And I began to seek God. God, you got to, there's more in your secret place than I know. 
And I went to bed. And all night, I was experiencing the secret place. Passion for the secret place. I tell you, the little bit I know about it only tells me I want more. It only tells me that I want to learn the revelation of the names that represent the secret place. That the God of the Most High, that the God who rules and judges, that the God who exists, will impact my life and flow through me. And this is not just for preachers. And so the testimony is, I will say of the Lord. Do you see how the testimony changes? The The secret place determines and actually establishes a confession in your mouth. I will say (laughs) of the Lord, he is my refuge. You can't be in a refuge that has no authority and be in a refuge. You can't be in a fortress that doesn't have authority. A thousand will fall at my side and 10,000 at my right side. That's like, I don't know, what percentage of increase is that? Because I have made the Lord my refuge, even the host high, my habitation. When you read this psalm, put your name in there. Put my in there. And it, it says they. Okay, that's okay. But my, my habitation. For he shall give his angels charge over you and keep you In all ways. You know what that is? I I can't do my whole outline this morning, but let me tell you who that is. The authority of faith is found in the refuge under the armor, the protection of God's faithfulness. The reassurance in times of terror to see punishment on the wicked, to tread upon lions and snakes. The army of faith works with those who dwell in the secret place. He says, he says, the angels I give my angels charge over you. 
Well, we don't believe in angels. Too bad. Try the secret place and you'll find one. That's what his word says. What for? Like what are the... Hmm. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you or to keep me in the way. They shall bear you up with their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. And you shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shall you trample under your foot. Because the enemy has already been defeated. We can go over and say, you know what? I, I don't want any more enemies in my finances, in my health. I'm going to put my foot on their neck now. And I remember last saying, you know, we talk, we know more about what the devil's doing than what God is doing. But he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God has the army of God with them. The angels of heaven. I'm not the one dispatching them. He dispatches them. It says he will give his angels charge over you. Well, then there's the intimacy of the secret place. There's a mutual love. There's a mutual communication through prayer. There's a dialogue that happens. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. Here's how I read it. He shall, because, um, where was I? Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. He, I shall call, or you shall call upon him, and he will answer you. The secret place is the place of answers. And I will be with, or he will be with me in trouble. And he says, and I will deliver him. And he will honor me. He will honor you. There's great honor in the secret place. If you're looking for honor, you're looking for respect, you're looking for dignity, you're looking for identity, it's found in the secret place of the Most High God. In all of the names of His reputation, He is there to honor you. 
He doesn't see you as a flea that needs to be put out. He sees you as a precious son and daughter that belongs to him. And he honors his family. And he's saying to us, if you will dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, this is how it will be for your life. It's probably the one of the best messages I've ever preached. But I'm excited. When I saw... When I saw God saw you this morning, I began to cry. I said, Lord, help us see it. See ourselves how you see us. And when I felt his drawing, I said, Lord, take us all up together. Just draw us all up to you together. Draw us all up to the secret place. And let the manifestation of the secret place come to life on earth. Come here. You you came up for prayer this morning. Come here. Stand right there. God wants to visit you. Raise your hands and receive it. That's it. Alicia, come here. I don't know why, I don't know what's going on in your life, but God told me that he wanted to visit you this morning. He wanted to visit you this morning. Just let him come and visit you right now. You're being visited out of the most holy place right now. The secret place is visiting you. God is aware of all that's going on. Your chain is broke. Prison door is open.
Or sometimes God comes along and he goes like this. If you can't turn the switch on, I'll do it for you. Whatever your past has meant to you, it's over with. God will judge the past. That's right. The past has put a fear in you that's broken, it's done. You want to be visited by God? Stand up and raise your hands. If you want to, don't do it because I'm telling you. If you want to be visited by God, just lift your hands right now. The God of the secret place loves you. He wants to reveal those four names to you in your life. He's going to give his angels charge over you. A thousand are going to fall at your side and ten thousand at your right side. No more fear, no more anxiety. Total liberty from your past, sister, in Jesus' name. The Lord says, I hold nothing against you. I have completely forgiven and washed you clean. You are my vessel.
Father, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you, Lord, for the secret place of the Most High God. Lord, I believe you're all calling us up to the secret place. You're calling us to a place of new beginnings, a place of new revelation and understanding of you, a place where your name becomes our reality. Oh, Father, we thank you for the secret place of the Most High God. And Lord, it is our passion to live there. We have a passion for more of the secret place. Hallelujah. That your kingdom would come to this world and to this earth in a manifestation out of the secret place. Lord, that the things that are declared in the secret place, we will voice to the nations. Lord, the things that have been loosed in the secret place that we would loose in this world. And the things that have been bound in the secret place, we will bind on earth. Thank you, Jesus, that you dwell in the secret place. And I pray, Lord, that the coming days, the coming year, will be a place, will be a time that have never been like this before. Or that the times and the seasons of the new year is going to be different. It's going to be a secret place year. It's going to be a time, Lord, you're drawing us up there. Because you want to manifest your kingdom in the earth. And we say, Lord, here I am. My passion. Is for you in the secret place. Bless this word to our hearts and may it bring forth a reality of the secret place in all of our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. God bless you.